Um, hi everyone, welcome to Saggles Club podcast, first episode of 2017. My name is Zuri, my pronouns are she, her, hers. And my name is Gwen, and my pronouns are also she, her, hers. Okay, so for this app, we're going to be talking about, it's not really a presidential update, but we are having the inauguration this coming Friday. So we're going to talk about Obama, we're going to talk about Trump, we're going to talk about the Women's March that is happening in response to the inauguration, and... That's it. So, <laughs> I'm like, was there another thing? No. There is a lot in all of that, though. For sure. Um, and first, we're going to just talk about what we've been reading, listening to, watching, how the legacy of colonization has been affecting us um, the past few weeks. Do you want me to go? Yes. Okay. So I have been listening to – it's been a while since our last app was recorded, I think. Um, and I – distinctly remember in the last step I was like I can't wait until 2017 starts I'm gonna like hopefully be less depressed and everything's gonna be like okay smooth sailing um I've actually had more mental breakdowns than like the past couple months combined since 2017 has started so since I can't afford a therapist I've just been listening to this podcast um by Malls Molly McAleer called Please Advise, and it, like, gives me love, life, laughter. I don't know. I just love when I can relate to other people's problems and other people are also having issues. Mm. It's just, like, it's – I don't know. I'm like, okay, yes, I'm not the only one who's, like, going through something hard. Like, this person is also going through something hard, and they, like, called Please Advise. Like, I haven't even been to that step yet. Like, they're calling please advise. I'm still a couple steps behind, so I'm like, okay, like, it gets better. So I'm totally like, I love it. Please listen to it. The only thing I have about recommending this podcast to other people, because I definitely want everyone to listen to it, but I'm also like, what if I, like, want to, like, write, like, call in, because it's a call-in show. What if I want to call in to please advise, and then, like, someone's like, oh, that's full Gwen. Like, that's, oh, like, that's my true. only thing. But, like, hopefully I won't have to do that, and if I do, like – I don't know, like, y'all will just know that I need serious help. So there's that. And then I'm also, like, another therapeutic thing that I've been doing, too, is just listening to In the Heights, like, at all times. I've just been, like, super, super into the lyrics of it. The thing that I love about, like, musicals is I get really into the lyrics of songs where I don't really do that with, like, normal songs. So with musicals, because you need them to advance the plot of the story. So you kind of like have to listen to them. So I've just been like crying my eyes out at enough specifically, like because it's so much my family, like literally my entire family. And I'm just crying because I can totally imagine like those conversations happening between us. Everything I know, like literally I cry every single time (laughs) I listen to it. It's so freaking good. And then obviously the finale song. I'm just like everything about it is amazing and I like love In the Heights. I actually like love the songs more than I love the Hamilton songs. I don't know if that's controversial. That's totally. I feel like that's valid. Okay. Yeah. Because I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, I actually love it more than Hamilton. And they like their response was like not super supportive of me. So I was like, (laughs) okay. I feel like. I feel like it's, like, not problematic in any way. 
where Hamilton Yeah, is. right. Like, <laughs> Hamilton can be taken as problematic, but, like, In the right. Heights is... It's just pure. And yeah, awesome it's so and good. Pure. <laughs> it's like the puppy it's not of like musicals. They own yeah, like it's <laughs> exactly. so pure. Um, it's like an unproblematic fave, whereas Hamilton right, is exactly. a problematic fave. Mm-hmm. So definitely, like if you're just struggling with life, you need like a soundtrack. Just in the Heights, one hundred percent. If you're white, you may not be able to relate to it actually, <laughs> but it's still like good music. Mm. Um, so yeah. As for reading, honestly, nothing. I just haven't, like, been in the mood to read. I don't know. Like, haven't really had time to read, honestly. But, like, I definitely want to get back into reading because I don't really – I haven't been doing – I feel like ever since this podcast started, I'm, like, either reading one book and then the next week I'm reading another book or I'm just flat out not reading. So I feel like everyone's, like, you don't read. So I don't – you should just, like (laughs) – take it out of your colonization Gwen like you don't read but like so I want to like start reading and as for watching I'm so excited about watching because my favorite show is Search Party right now it's so good I recommended it to you Zuri I don't know if you started watching it but like I watch like um very like five minutes okay no the actually the pilot isn't that good Okay. I didn't dislike it. Yeah. I well, I don't think I the pilot is one of those pilots that you're like, oh, I have to watch the next app immediately. Mm. Which, like, actually a lot of pilots I don't think are very good. Um, yeah. And this one also kind of follows in that trend. It's not bad, but it's not, like, super enticing to the point where you're like, next app, let's go. Um, and if I do have one complaint, it's the title song. I don't think it fits with the show. <laughs> If that makes sense. It's just like, if I was the music supervisor of the show, that would be my first pick. But, you know, like, teach their own. This is, like, their piece of art. So they want to display it like this. But I've seen it multiple times. It is so funny. Like, it's just fully amazing. And my friend and I were talking about, like, how we're so jealous and we wish that we wrote this show because it's, like, first of all, our type of humor, like, totally our brand of humor. And second, like, it's like true crime mixed with like annoying millennials. Like it's just like all this stuff that's like so fun all into one show. It's so funny. Like it has Aaliyah Shawkat of Arrested Development fame, which I also her. love. She's Arrested so Development. cute. She's so freaking cute. And she was on that Broad City episode where her and oh, yeah. um, Alana looked exactly alike. And then she was like, I don't smoke weed. And then she kicked her out of her house. Like... <laughs> I don't know. It's just Wait, like, I finally watched the last episode of Broad City. Did you love it? It was amazing. I'm still thinking about it. it was I just thought like- about it today randomly. <laughs> I just love whenever that girl, she's like, do you have a tampon? And the girl's like, sure. And she takes out the <laughs> smallest little toothpick-ass little piece of cotton. And she's like, that's going to fall out of my vagina. Like, <laughs> That was so freaking good. And then they're like (laughs) basically in the jail of the plane. I was like, this is truly art. I was so obsessed with it. Um, That's also really good. Broad City is good. (laughs) Um, Season four is probably starting soon. Right. I saw that. I didn't even know. I saw it on a list of like what we're excited about TV 2017. For sure. I'm so excited for it. 
Um, then I also like I don't know if you read a series of unfortunate events books like when you were a kid. Yeah, I figured because I feel like we read a lot of the same childhood and YA books. Um, I actually want to like do like a close reading of what's that one that we were talking about that one day it was my Wait, favorite books. Book? Um, I do. Not it's like remember. it's not easy being mean. That was one of the titles. Oh, the click series. <laughs> Click is so freaking good. I just remember reading it and loving my life. Like their little catchphrases, I would I say them in my daily life. I'd be so like, freaking I, they abbreviated everything. So I would like abbreviate, mm-hmm. but into acronyms, I feel. <laughs> so I would say those acronyms in my daily life and people would be like, what the hell are you talking about? So I couldn't even share it with other people, but, like, I feel like I had to read those books. And honestly, read them to my children, if we're being honest. (laughs) Like, it's bedtime stories. I feel like it was, like, a movie or something. It definitely was, and I think I saw it, if we're being honest. I can't remember. Because it had a Disney channel on it. But it, like, didn't, like, the girls weren't what I imagined when I read the series. So I was like, what the, like... Alicia, 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 I don't know how you pronounce her name, was supposed to have, like, giant tits. And I feel like in oh, the yeah. film, she didn't. I was like, okay. <laughs> that was, like, her thing. Yeah. I was like, okay, yes, I have big boobs. Like, I love it. And I was like, okay, this girl has A cups. I don't know what But, yes. Um, but anyway, like, they, A Series of Unfortunate Events is now, like, a Netflix show. I don't know if anyone remembers the film from a couple of years ago. Obviously, I watched it. I had the soundtrack. I had the video game. Like, I am Wait, obsessed. Wait, the film? Yeah. Are you talking about? Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw it, but I that was so long ago. Yeah. It was a long time ago. But, like, when I was watching the series, I haven't gotten past. I'm still on episode two, which is, like, each book is two episodes. And they did the first four books. So there's eight episodes on Netflix. And I'm still on episode two. So it's still the first book. But it's giving me so many flashbacks to the film because I feel like the set for Count Olaf's house is exactly the set for Count Olaf's house in the film. They probably just like repurposed it and they're like, okay, like we have this. They're like, we're not using this. (laughs) Let's get it out. This is probably like not good for literally any other like TV show (laughs) or film. So might as well just use it again. But I just like don't care for Neil Patrick Harris. Hmm. And he's Count Olaf. And Count Olaf is literally like main. So it's like, uh, like I preferred like Jim Carrey. So I was like, okay, like this isn't what I imagined as Count Olaf. And the kids are cute. Like they tried to like make, cause you know how Sunny, the baby's thing was like, she would like bite everything. Oh yeah. Like the way that they make her effective biting is like, it takes you out of the world a little bit. It's like a weird effect. Okay. It's like, <laughs> That's very specific. For example, <laughs> like, let me just k- give you a quick example. Like, you know how they're skipping rocks at the very beginning? Like, Violet gives Sunny a rock, and they, like, showed the back of Sunny's head, like, moving really fast to bite the rock. And then Sunny gives, like, a polished rock to Violet. And I'm like, no offense, like, why do we have to see that? Like, it just, like, was <laughs> weird to me. And they're like, they take like actual quotes from the book like lines from the book and for some reason that's like it throws me off guard and they have can you even remember quotes from the book i just remember them like i reread these books multiple times like i like Uh. i swear i stopped learning english words after i finished this series 
like until I like, didn't even finish it. Really? Oh my god, like, it was so good. Yeah, I had no. to know how it ended. Like I was super obsessed with all the characters. Um but yeah, they like and there's like someone who plays Lemony Snicket in the TV show. So I was like, okay, this is a lot. Um but it's like okay, like I don't know. Like I didn't really like the first book, so like we'll see what happens when like the books I like get here. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. Um, and that just came out like on Friday. So right. super recent. Um, and Search Party, you can watch all of it on TBS On Demand or on their app, which you can get on like your phone, your tablet, whatever. Um, and it's free if you like already have a cable provider. So it's technically not free. But like I'm sure you guys can like look up like all those sites that we watch all of our shows on. Um. So the last thing is how the legacy of colonization has affected me this week after this super long intro. I promise I'll be done quick. So I got a job, SGC update. Like I'm fully an employed human being. Um, This is after like months of trying to find a job. It's been over half a year, but I finally have one. And I really like it. I don't know if I should like disclose like a lot of information. It's an education. Let's just say that. The field. And... It just so happens to be with a lot of like low income and students of color. So I'm obviously like super into it. I'm like, yes, like this is and I've never been in an educational environment that has like mostly students of color. So it's like and I'm not learning or at least not like traditionally in a classroom. But like I'm still like obsessed that this is the kind of environment that like I'm working at. And like I had to do all these trainings and they're very like actually I think they definitely could have helped someone who wasn't necessarily, like, who was, say, like, middle class or white. Um, So I'm, like, super into that. And I had a couple other things for how colonization has affected me. But I'm just, like, really in my element right now in my job. And I'm, like, excited to see what's going to happen. So it's not, like, a super sad colonization, just a, like, suspenseful that's not the right word but like I'm looking forward to like my journey and all the kids journeys and how this is all gonna play out so that's me what about you Zuri okay um so I've been listening to so it's it's like winter proper now so I'm like making my winter playlist I still haven't thought of a name for it and I'm like listening to all my old ones that I've been making since whatever 2013 and one is called New Year, New Me. One is Sitting on Top of the Christmas Tree because I'm the star. And one is Baby, It's Cold Outside and Inside. I'm like, were those all <laughs> Tumblr posts or something? Like, where did those come from? But still working. I think it has, like, 12 songs. They like, like, a 20-song playlist. So still creating that. Um, And then I'm listening to the news. Says a song Drew Barrymore just on. Oh, yes. I was so listening good. to that earlier. Lit so good. It's I don't understand so why good. it's called Drew Barrymore. I'm like, I don't though. know why it's Drew Barrymore. Yeah. <laughs> okay it's so good and I can't wait for her whole album because her first or I think it's actually her second album the one that's Z I think but it's so good so I know that this will be very good also listening to the Hamilton mixtape like on the weekends I just like listen to that Mm -hmm. in the like seven hours from when I wake up to when I leave my bed (laughs) um listening to Fifth Harmony the greatest girl band since (laughs) Destiny's Child and listening to Bad and Bushy on repeat I did um, love your tweet about intersectional feminism. 
I just, harmony. when I see them, I'm just like, this is what feminism looks like. Oh, fully. And Love it's so them. feminist to the point that they kicked out, what's her name? Like, that's <laughs> so feminist. <laughs> I'm excited for their year. Um, and then I'm watching, so I don't know if I said this on the last episode, I don't know, like, it was so long ago, but I finished Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, so now I'm watching Love and Hip Hop New York. And, like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to watch Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, but... I'm going to watch it because <laughs> there's, like, some more characters who I've seen in GIFs that, like, I don't know them yet. Like, literally, so when I'm watching scenes, I'll be like, oh, my God, I know that exact, like, scene because I've seen people use it in GIFs. So I'm on season four of Hip Hop New York. It has, I think, six seasons. So there's no Cardi B yet. And I'm just like, I need her because I know she's amazing. <laughs> um, I feel like I like Atlanta better because... Maybe it's because I watched it first, but I also feel like the guys on that show, like, I actually like them and care about them. Like, all the men on New York are just complete fuckboys, and at least on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, they're, like, fuckboys with the heart of gold. And, like, I really (laughs) do appreciate, like, the scenes where it's only the dudes, like, hanging out, which is... It's like, why would I like that? (laughs) Um, Sometimes I'm like, I want to do, like, a study on this scene, because it's just, like, literally getting into the minds of men. Um, oh yeah, and then this other thing is just, like, the episode I just watched, like, this guy proposed to this person who he's, like, on and off with, but they weren't technically, like, dating at the time that he proposed, and that's, like, this happens all the time on this show, it's just, like, oh, we're fighting, let me get a ring and propose yeah. to you. I feel like, like that's, that's happened at least, like, four times like, real life, in each though. show. What? That's, like, art mirroring real life i don't know what that that thing oh for sure i feel like i know so many marriages that happened only because they were like in a fight i'm just like men are terrible everyone's like always cheating when their wife is pregnant i'm like yikes it's a full now um but my favorites on new york are tahiri erica and yandy and my faves on erica i mean on atlanta erica who isn't on the show anymore i'm depressed she's my fave (laughs) scrappy this chitch named scrap delion who it was like a thing in his plot that he was like preparing to be sentenced to, for like drug trafficking. Oh Literally, it was so emotional because he had a little baby. I was fully sobbing at this show, like this season. I think it was season four, it's the last one of Atlanta. I was mm-hmm. like crying in my room because like he has to go to jail, his little baby. I, and my brother came into my room just to like say good morning. I'm like, have tears all over my face. He's like, what's wrong have you been crying I'm like yeah I'm watching this show it's so freaking sad he's like what is it I'm like it's loving him <laughs> oh my god so funny and I love Rashida and I have a love hate with Jocelyn who's crazy Jocelyn is the one who's in like all the gifs and I'm like yes finally <laughs> I know who that is um and then so I'm reading so yeah you haven't read a book I've read three as oh usual oh my god um so I finished we believe you i think the subtitle is like campus survivors speak out about sexual assault something like that and and the authors are annie e clark and andrea pino maybe they're like editors authors because it has like different stories from like different people and students or whatever and these girls like founded end rape on campus which i don't even really know what that organization does i mean the name is self-explanatory obviously Mm -hmm. but give them money i i have like donated to them even though if you wanted to know, like, their goals and missions, I couldn't tell you that. But I did sexual assault work <laughs> in school, so I'm like, okay, this is something I care about. Um, it's a really good book. It's really intense and, like, obviously just trigger warning for, like, every single page. I'm, like, trying not to cry as I read it on the train. And it's just, like, so, I mean, campus sexual assault, like, is a big deal. Like, I think that, 
I mean, no one is like, oh, I this like might happen to me. I might like experience violence in college. But now it's like the statistics are like one in three or one in five that like when I was going to college, I didn't think that anything about that. But I think it's more like on people's minds now. And when I gave my um like a speech at my graduation, I said like colleges like have more women now, but like they're not safe for women. And I was just like thinking about that so much, just like all the violence that comes not not even from like a person who assaults you but then also like from your university um so that was a really good read and then I finished reading this book called Men Explain Things to Me by Rebecca Solnit which is like a little like white feminist book of essays which I don't know why I wanted to read I guess I just saw it somewhere or had heard of it and I was like okay like I actually bought it because like Haymarket was having a sale this was peak white feminism. I was just really oh, literally wow. mad as I read it. Um, like there was there was one thing it was about like, I don't know if you remember like a few years ago in India, there was like this gang rape on a bus and she's like talking about this. She's like talking about how violent all these like non-white countries are. And this annoyed me so much. I, I like remember she was like, I would talk about like Europe, America and Argentina, <laughs> but I didn't have enough room. I'm like, yes, I love that you included Argentina, even though it's in South America, it's 98% white, yeah. but like <laughs> what, what the fuck? Like, how could you say right. that? And then there was another thing about the this chitch, Dominique's Strauss Khan, who like somehow is involved in the IMF, which I don't really remember what it stands for, International Monetary Fund, maybe. Yeah. And he like assaulted a, I think a hotel worker, and it's an essay from it's like essays from over the past ten years or whatever. So she's like talk about the story. She's like, yes, like this man will be brought to justice. Like finally, keep in mind, like if you don't know the story, the hotel worker was a woman of color, mm-hmm. and then like nothing happened obviously because he was a rich white man and in her like as her uh, postscript or whatever at the end she's like well he wasn't brought to justice but it has like a big symbolic change happened and it's like a woman of color literally experienced violence so who the fuck cares about this symbolic gesture and it was just like all this dumb shit that I I was just annoyed by this book I don't know why I finished it I'm like I want to get get rid of it but then I don't want anyone else to read it so I don't know if I have to just throw it into a fire <laughs> um and then I'm reading right now John Berger Ways of Seeing oh um he's like a English theorist and he mm-hmm. died recently so I was reminded of like this book because I read one of the essays from it in one of my favorite classes at my alma um studies of pop culture and well tbh feel like we've never talked about that class. Wait, did you take it? No. I just wanted to hear your perspective. Oh, I loved that class. Who was the prof? Um, Paul Morrison. I don't know who that is. It's an English class, but um, mm-hmm. no, it was so... First of all, the theory that we read was so good, and then... <gasps> you have to send it to me if you still have it. Okay, I'll see if I have it. Um, We watched, like, The Hunger Games, which... And I was the first time I'd watched it, though. I did read the books, and, like... Mm-hmm. Blade Runner maybe we watched the Lion King but then I think that like matching the theory with like those texts was really right interesting and the professor was so good like everyone loved him even though my TA was a dumbass (laughs) I feel like that it always goes that way though at one point he was like Zeri I know you're on stage major so like answer this question about feminism it's called like like, uh, crack open a book no (laughs) why do I have to do this freaking labor 
Um, yeah, so reading ways of seeing. It's like kind of hard to read theory though when you're like on the subway listening to like a C-Hour playlist. I'm like, <laughs> is this the best like mood? Like, should I be like on my balcony with a pen underlining shit? Um, oh my god, okay. I didn't write anything for colonization, but we've already been talking for a very long time. So I guess, I mean, today is Martin Luther King Day that we're recording and we're not really going to talk about that in the episode so I'll just say like it's just very weird to me the differences in black people and then like white people how they even remember him like as a historical figure like I don't I mean like obviously like many people have read and talked about like white people just like making him like this teddy bear even you just see people being like MLK didn't die for this or like be nice to me a white person because that's what MLK fought for and then like people of color are like he was literally like a radical first of all this country killed him so how are you bringing his name up to weaponize against me and then so many people are putting out that like quote where he's like the biggest threat to integration is the white liberal and Mm -hmm. it's like I've seen like some dumb white liberal say something someone will post that quote and then the white liberal will keep talking it's like you don't read facts (laughs) like I don't understand um so it's just very weird I posted an insta where it was a woman talking about how like the only reason white people talk about MLK in this way is because they know that they're on the wrong side of history and so definitely For thinking sure. about that so for much sure. especially right now with like Donald Trump 53% of white women voted for him and just mm-hmm. like once again white people are on the wrong side of history and we'll see like when they start to realize that so yeah wait I just want to add like yep. a quick little thing it's mm-hmm. a little piece of advice I learned from please advise they had this saying called feelings are not facts and I'm I feel like white people literally weaponize their feelings in order for them to become facts. You know what I mean? It's like whatever they say becomes facts because they're the ones who are in charge Mm -hmm. of everything. And it's like you can counter them with literal facts as we've seen in what was um, Dear White People or no, not Dear White People. That documentary we saw back in the day. Yeah. Where the chitch was literally presented with stone cold facts and she didn't like blink an eye. I've literally had conversations like still like whatever she thought like was that. like I remember one person I was like explaining like reverse racism how it's not real and she was just like listen to me talk and then at the end she was like I get that but like I still think you can be racist against white people and it's like first of all I just did this emotional labor right. for you for free so I should have charged you after that and then it's just like mm-hmm. you can just pull out facts statistics whatever and they're just like well the way that I feel is correct yeah meanwhile you're exactly. the ones who are like we can't have safe spaces get out of your bubble right and it's like um I thought and you when loved we talk about the women's march yeah no same <laughs> when we talk about the women's march like that article that we read on the new york times has so much of that like just like white women feeling sorry for themselves and feeling like so hurt like special snowflakes about everything and it's like you're the ones who literally hate trigger warnings yet you're triggered at all times <laughs> exactly it's like what? you're being so sensitive seriously um okay so so here's what we're gonna do i have obama trump women's march <laughs> so okay here's what i have in obama just like i have a little bit of general thoughts from the first time that he was elected and then voting for him mm-hmm. um i read the Tanahesi Coates thing i don't know if you read it, it was it was like a couple long. weeks ago um my president was black in the atlantic yeah that was a few weeks ago yeah 
um, and the farewell speech. So clearly I didn't vote in the first election and I also was asleep. Like I definitely remember being asleep and getting like a mass text from one of my classmates that was like Obama oh won and just like waking up like seeing it and then going back to bed but yeah. like being happy. And I remember like I did watch the inauguration in like in my, I don't know if I was in high school or middle school because I went to the same for both so I never know. We like watched it at lunchtime and even now like you know how you're just like go about your day and then you'll remember that like trump is going to be our president yeah like that's how i still feel about like us electing a black president i'm just like shopping in target spending my gift cards and i'm like we literally (laughs) elected a black man that's fucking crazy like i still Mm -hmm. am not over it i love the ta-nehisi coats thing um, I literally cried when reading it. It's like a profile and has some interview that he did with him, but it it's a lot about like the racism that Obama experienced like at, in, in these past four years and a lot of it from obviously a lot of it just from like dumb white people in the middle of nowhere, but so much of it from like the GOP from like legitimate uh, other Republicans. And I was just like, yeah, so much stuff that I didn't even. I don't know if I just like it just I just didn't hear about it or like I wasn't like that tuned in especially in the beginning of his presidency but it's just like I don't know it's just like obviously this country is like so racist but it's like you really have to like take a step back and think about like how much violence the family literally had to go through and I feel Mm -hmm, like Obama's just like I don't want to say, like, obviously he's, like, very problematic, but even in the, like, interviews that Ta-Nehisi Coates did with him, like, he just thinks, like, so good of people and of America, and it's, like, you literally have no basis for that. He grew up in Hawaii, so, like, I don't know, that's, that, like, island vibes, he just continues to have them because literally so much violence every single day of his presidency. It said at one point that, like, he had gotten the most death threats and, like, the shortest amount of time than any other president which is like obviously <laughs> i'm not surprised by that but it's like how do you literally survive that um and then another thing that it was a lot about is that about how his presidency was just like scandal free which i never mm-hmm. like thought about i guess but i mean he speaking about scandal when her dad gives that speech where it's like you have to be oh twice God, yeah. as good as white people and it's like literally obama mm-hmm. had to be perfect i really like, educated like all these things and donald trump is just like literally a white man who's rich also and that's the only qualifications that he needed i mean he himself didn't create any scandal but there are people like donald trump who were creating these false narratives of him literally just lying about him and questioning his legitimacy like literally at all times Mm -hmm. but meanwhile like our incoming president if anyone questions his legitimacy it's like okay we're clearly being unpatriotic so it's like clearly racism is what you consider to be yeah that was so crazy and even in the piece he talks about how that was like the first political thing that donald trump ever did was like the birtherism thing I'm like okay great tons of experience right yeah that was his that's his only political experience that's like me questioning like my professor being like should this even be a 10 page paper that being my experience going to being a college professor <laughs> like that's on the same level i feel it's like fully yeah he's a 
U.S. citizen. He's the president of the United States. But like those kind of scandals were. It's like, like that's like the most propelled fake news. by like <laughs> mainstream media. Exactly. Like it's like talk about fake news. Like this stuff was happening back in like 2009. And then even all this, I mean, obviously Trump is a huge hypocrite, but the John Lewis thing when he said that Trump isn't um, a legitimate president and he's like fighting him for this. It's like you literally spent so much time trying to say that um, Obama was illegitimate, literally because he was brown, but whatever. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Well, I just wanted because you reflected a little bit on 2008 when he was elected. So I kind of wanted to throw in my two cents. But I remember like um, specifically, I remember my like English class. We were doing this thing where we had to like listen to speeches. And one of the speeches we listened to a lot were just like different speeches by um, analyzing different speeches by Obama and John McCain. And obviously, like, Obama is such a good speaker. Like, you listen to him talk and you're like, yes, like, I don't even know what was happening before, but, like, whatever you're saying, we're into. And obviously, John McCain, like, didn't sound that well. Like, if it was just up to speeches, and it was at that point in my, like, being a child, like, I was, like, what, 14? I was, like, obviously, like, I would vote for Obama, like, 100%. Like, I don't care about what anything that John McCain has to say. But I remember, like, I was, like, doing homework or something the night that Obama was elected. And, like, I remember, like, seeing the results, like, come in. Like, Obama's, like, our 40-whatever president of the United States. Like, OMG. And I remember going to school the next day. These white kids were so upset. Like, literally could not be more upset. And I was, like... Obviously, like, I knew my parents voted for Obama, but, like, we weren't one of those families that, like, talked about, like, legislature and, like, all this other stuff, partly because I don't think my parents really know all of that, like, get into all of that, but, like, and my mom had, like, just become a citizen at that point, like, it was her first time voting, like, in an election, my dad, like, this was his second election, so it was, like, they're, like, really into it, like, he ran on hope, they're, like, really excited for what was going to happen, and, like, these white kids were literally, like, just spewing this conservative crap. Because, you know, like, when kids are conservative, that's, like, terrifying. Right, yeah. It's so scary. Like, it was full terrifying. And I remember, like, teachers weren't allowed to say who they were voting for. But I remember my English teacher, which we were, like, analyzing the speeches in our class. She was, like, she was, like, so salty looking. And she was, like, just so you guys know, like, elections aren't normally like this. Like, people marching in the streets and stuff, like, that's not normal. Like, trying to, like, downplay the significance oh of this, like, cultural oh, and historical hell? moment. It's like, first of all, Barack Obama is the president of the United States. Like, get over it. SARS. <laughs> Even though that's what Trump supporters say now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Donald Trump, hashtag not my president, but everyone yeah. respects Obama. <laughs> <laughs> literally what i was saying but like these white kids were so angry i was like you guys like sorry like he's first of all cuter like when i was 14 and still loki today like that's my number one like i'm still like you're the cutest of presents or also like side note whenever people are talking about the hottest presidents and obama isn't it 
I'm like, you're, that's yeah, racist. It's anti-black. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. It's like, there's no one else even in the running. Well, I remember during the second election that Obama won, which was the first time I ever voted. Right, same. Um, I remember, like, I was, like, at our campus center. Um, there was, like, a viewing party, and I was there writing for her campus serving cake. <laughs> and it was fully, because all these girls low-key were, like, rich conservatives. I'm pretty sure because oh like their god. friends would come up to the table and they'd be like oh my god like I just need um what who was that other guy that was running Mitt Romney. yeah they're like I just need Romney to win like today um, could not get worse and this guy came up and he was like I just like failed an econ exam like like this is the worst day of my life the only thing that can make this day possibly worse is if Obama wins really I was just sitting, oh my yeah god. I was just sitting there like what the hell like fully our school is they probably felt oppressed at our school too because like everyone's like a liberal they're like i'm oppressed yeah but then he won i remember like i was in my room probably like doing some psych 101 (laughs) and (laughs) i remember hearing someone say like fuck Mitt Romney outside and I was like wow like this is such a different space than I was in like four years ago. I was in the castle so I was in a safe space just me and my roommate just watching yelling at the top of our lungs because we were really like I don't know I guess we were just watching online like all the states turning and everything meanwhile I was so depressed as I watched it this year (laughs) like what a fucking sea change um did you watch the farewell speech? It was like I watched boring. like Twitter, but I the Twitter version of it. <laughs> I did see like cute outfits. Like I saw that like the best part and the only important part is when he like shouted out his family. Oh, fully. Anytime he mentions Michelle, it's like you know it's about to get real. It's about to get emotional. And whenever I think of like love not being real they're like one of the people that like right. makes me believe that's in so love because it's just like i can't even look to my parents about that shit like their marriage is basically a contract never experienced that emotion <laughs> <laughs> but for them it's like again it's like so pure right it's like they love each other i don't know like say what you want about obama's policies like obviously like this is fully america every american president is right. like but just like just him being there his family like the first family I just feel like that's so important to just like it's like they'll to never just like be at another. least acknowledge and like feel you can feel joyful about it for like a millisecond even you know like there's so many especially when like white people try to bring all like like oh like Obama's such a like neoliberal like all these other things it's that, like you like, don't care about brown people either so. no yeah first of all you don't <laughs> like, care and like you can't there is no like mind headspace where like america would not be as like fucked up as it is and i don't know i just was seeing like just like this more of an uproar from white liberals to me is just racism um fully always has been but right i love when you're like your parents just became citizens because my dad literally never became a citizen. He can't vote. Oh my god! <laughs> like whatever. I'm like me as an I'm immigrant. Obsessed. <laughs> um, is that all that I wrote? Yeah, I just love Mish and Malls. I just sim on nickname basis with them. Oh, they look so cute. They were 
crying and I was yeah. well I just cry about Obama like it's the last week anything mm-hmm. makes me like really emotional I was literally thinking about like unfollowing the POTUS and FLOTUS accounts and I was having chest pains yeah. <laughs> earlier but when I saw them crying I was like oh my mm-hmm. god and then Sasha couldn't be there because she had to study for her exam right. I'm like mom but then I'm also like so happy for them to be free especially right. the women yeah. <laughs> it's like they didn't sure. sign up for any of the yeah. abuse that they got or just supporting their dad and husband. But um, wait, side note, like, it's also, I feel like we're in a way lucky. Well, maybe people who are, like, against neoliberalism will disagree with me. No, but, like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's just, like, we grew up, like, so many of our formative years, I think, were, like, I under know. an Obama presidency. I was thinking about that, too. It's, like, we grew up, I don't know. Just, like, in a more... Yeah, because I don't remember, like, George W. Bush or, like, anything from that. Like, <laughs> Obama and yeah. then now whatever else happens until I, like, right. get dementia. Like, that's yeah the important. So, I love that you said get dementia because dementia runs in my family and I will want yeah, to get same, it. Yeah, same, <laughs> yeah. I didn't just speak. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay, speaking of dementia, Donald Trump. <laughs> so the first thing I wasn't following this at all like I saw the golden shower saying hit the TL and I was like I'm just gonna stay away from that so I don't really know some hilarious. Russia he hired sex workers to pee on a bed I don't know this was just something that was presented to like him and Obama and like one of the news briefings they were like hey this came mm-hmm. up it might be blackmail and he was like that's fake news it's a political witch hunt in this all cap tweet but um I watched his first press conference like I was first like I was like I'm not gonna watch the inauguration like I don't care like he's a bad speaker and then I was like like when I talk about things I like I know that what I'm talking about is true (laughs) um and it was it was really crazy like that's like the dementia thing is a joke but like he literally just I mean he is pretty old like I think he's 70 and like rambling at everything just not answering any of the questions just like going off topic he would like take digs at the media he'd just be like if someone's like hi I'm from BBC he's like oh you're a great newspaper and someone's like I'm from BuzzFeed like you're fake news and it's like what the fuck um if we're being so honest though that's like mm -hmm. I was thinking about this I was like I act like that it's like I would never be fit to be president of the United States (laughs) it's like (laughs) you're more you would be better than Trump maybe my like thoughts about the world but like he's like that rambling that like sentences are like not making sense he doesn't finish one thought before going to the other I'm like that's fully my personality (laughs) it's like you're allowed to do it it was so and then he's like bring up Hillary he's like the emails I would never write that and it's like Literally, I'm about to be Chris Coker. Like, leave Hillary alone. She's suffered enough. <laughs> Let her, like, take hikes in upstate New York and yeah, she go see Broadway to, musicals. Like, <laughs> like a social alone. media break. Yeah, just like him. Um, even now, she... Or, like, people are still bringing her up. Like, I was reading something in the New York Times today about, like, how his inauguration is, like, the most expensive. Like, all these companies are just giving him, like, so much money and so much donations. And just like sometimes I like to be a masochist and like read their replies on something and all these people were like oh Hillary would have had more and it's like I thought that his whole thing was like helping the poor and like all these like poor work, white working class it's like you guys 
he should use that money on getting you jobs. It's like, you should be mad that this thing is costing, like, tons of millions of dollars for no reason. So, it's like... It's just them being, like, literally rationalizing this crazy exactly. behavior. Oh, my God. Um, And then at one point, I'm sure that you, like, saw, at least, like, posted this on the internet. He, like, brought out one of his lawyers to, like, just measure his dick, basically. About, and she was, like... She had all these folders, like, filled with pages, and she's like, these are all the documents we've been signing for Trump to give his companies over. And she kept on being like, as you know, Trump owns many hotels, many golf courses. I was like, I don't know anything about him, so don't (laughs) tell me what I know about him. She's like, you can't expect him to give up his company he's worked so hard on. And it's like, he ran for president, so he should have known that, like, that would be his current job. Meanwhile, if you're giving it to your kids, it's... It's still yours. It's like for the inauguration, like all these people are staying at his fucking hotel down the street. That's just putting more money into his pockets. I'm like, is no one concerned about how corrupt this is? He's like, I won't talk to my kids about it. The fuck? You will definitely at every family gathering and every time you see your children and talk to them. How is anyone supposed to believe that you're not going to talk to your kids about owning your companies? Mm -hmm. Right. And he, he, he kept on being like, I don't have to do this. Like, presidents don't have to follow this rule, but, like, I'm doing it because I care. And it's, like, it just, like, continues to reiterate the fact that, like, he just, like, wanted to win. He just, like, doesn't want to be president, like, didn't want to do anything. I mean, he's 70, so at this point he just wanted to, like, nap Retire and in his all old day. Age. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you don't need to do any work. You're 70. like i know you don't want to do this work yeah maybe he is trying to like appeal to us since we all will be working until we die yeah it's like they're just like us (laughs) (laughs) working at 70 today i was like reading about 401ks like i still have no idea what that is or how to have one i'm like "Mm, when i'm 70 i'll have to run for president it's like you know, make money. Kill me, yeah. And then I love I'm seeing so many people who are like I'm not like I'm boycotting the inauguration. Right. And when I say people, I mean like Senator and Congress people, not just like randoms like me. Yeah, it's like I'm boycotting. Meanwhile, I could never go. Exactly. <laughs> Which is how like the celebrity sees like yeah like he's not gonna have like a super frivolous like celebrity filled event. It's like everyone opted out. Like I loved that. <laughs> it's like literally Toby Keith and Three Doors Down. That's like <laughs> Obama had Beyonce, the only person who works harder than him in America and the world. There's just never that's never going to be topped. Right. It's like no offense, but I'd rather kill myself than have Three Doors Down <laughs> play in front of me. I saw a tweet that's like, uh, Donald Trump is bringing Jaws back, giving Three Doors Down their first <laughs> gig since like 2007." <laughs> can't name a song and then i love that like jennifer holiday from like dream girls and color purple was gonna perform and then everyone was like don't do why that why are you doing that and she was yeah. like oh my gay fans i have to drop out for it's them. like thanks to the gays i was just once again as soon as i saw day. that like i didn't really know who she was but like i do like musicals and like i like dream girls right. so i was like oh she's like involved in that um but as soon as i saw that a black woman was performing i was like countdown begins for when she drops out and it was like <laughs> six hours later <laughs> yeah. oh my god it's gonna be the worst party ever who's singing the national anthem three doors down <laughs> <laughs> that's like, like what first 
all, why is your band name Three Doors Down? Like, <laughs> it's just ridiculous to even say in a sentence. It's like, Three what's their down. song? Like, I know they I've sound like familiar, that. but like, would I know the song? I know they're like old, old, like when I was a child. But like, does Donald Trump even know who Three Doors Down <laughs> is? <laughs> I doubt it. Oh my god. And then I, you were just seeing, like, so many celebrities who were like, I was offered and I turned it down. It's like, I'm obsessed. Yeah, I'm obsessed. Three doors down. Let me go on Spotify and see, like, what their top fives are. For sure. Because I have no idea. Three doors down. What does that even mean? Like That's what I'm thinking. You're, like, I'm asking like... for directions and you're like, oh, it's three doors down. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What kind yeah. of? Oh, Kryptonite. I know that song. I don't think I know it. That's, like, Radio Disney. That's, oh like, my back God. in the day. That's I did hear that. What's her name? Spotify. From X Fifth Harmony was, like, hosting Radio Disney. I was like, yikes. Your career It's like, clearly... she doesn't have the range to be a yeah. solo artist. But for some reason, like, kids are obsessed with her. Well, kids can get, like, obsessed with a lot of people. Yeah, like, each of them have, like, 10 million followers. I'm like... Um, I guess, I mean, they deserve it. I love Fifth Harmony. But it's just, it's just like such a thing that kids are obsessed mm-hmm. with. Like, yeah. if you go to any of their posts, there's like all these kids in their profile pictures will be like a girl from Fifth Army. And I'm I like, <laughs> I'm like past that stage of fandom, yeah. but they are cute. Yeah, I don't them. understand it. Yeah, but. um, Okay. So are we ready to go on to the women's march thing right yeah this woman's march i think the main one is happening in um dc but then there's like also little ones happening in other big cities and it's gonna be the day after the inauguration it's literally been like in this past week where i'm like reading about what the fuck this actually is because i feel like you know, like right off bat like i was just getting a, a white feminism movement mm-hmm. and 53 percent of white women voted for trump so how the fuck are you doing a women's march right. against him when all the Beckys in the whole wide world voted for him. Exactly. 53% of all the Beckys. Anyway, so I was like, this looks stupid. I <laughs> don't care. I'm not going and whatever. And um, this came out in NYT, I think, this week. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's in the New York Times. It came out Jan 9th called Women's March on Washington Opens Contentious Dialogues About Race. <laughs> Even that title, it's like, <laughs> it's like basically subtitles like white women are crying. Something doesn't center them. Seriously. Um, this article is so stupid. So the Sweet. thing is that like, I, I think the first like founder or starter of this like is a white woman. Um, and obviously white women love like fake feminism things where they can just like go to a march and not regard and like completely disregard the fact that 53 percent of them voted for donald trump they're like okay i'm gonna do this thing to absolve me so like a lot of white women were interested in this but the founder whose name is bob bland which is like i know that like gender isn't real but what kind of name is that (laughs) that just sounds like whitey mcwhiteyson like that's like it's like when i saw that i was like who the fuck bob (laughs) especially with the last name bland like you're asking to be white (laughs) that's a weird name um i don't know i mean a lot of the organizers are women of color and even in the nyt article there's like a pick of it says like four organizers so i don't know how many organizers there are and like only bob and her white baby are the only whites here so there's definitely an effort to make it intersectional whatever and i even read their uh like mission statement visions and it was like really good it was very um, like it wasn't like stupid white feminism. Right. 
So I'm just like, so clearly no white woman had any part in this because it just doesn't make sense that they would be able to produce this kind of document and activism. Meanwhile, have white women ever done any like legitimate activism ever? I guess suffragettes? That was a while ago. (laughs) Suffragettes and then the ice bucket challenge. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, uh, I'm not going to do anything that y'all are a part of or organized. But like these people crying that the article cites, um, I'm just like, what the hell? Like I'm sick of how like contentious dialogues about race only exists because for example in the article like a black woman tells a white woman she's racist (laughs) you know it's like sorry like you are sorry it's like i'm gonna call you racist even more now in this the (laughs) yeah so get ready for it they're Um, like we're supposed to be allies like i totally support you but like you're being rude to me it's like we're still having these arguments it's 2017 like russia's hacking us and here you are still centering yourselves in everything and then yeah there's like so annoying. there's this 50 year old white woman who's like i was looking forward to taking my daughter to the march but then she saw posts about like white allies needing needing to listen more talk less and then she's like oh it's hostile i don't feel safe and it's like, then maybe stay home and talk to all the white women in your community about they voted for Trump. Seriously. It's like, here's a quote from this woman. This is a women's march, she said. We're supposed to be allies in equal pay, marriage, and adoption. What? How did adoption get in there? Why is it yeah. now white women don't <laughs> understand black women? First of all, why is it now? It's like that's been going on since the beginning of time when y'all literally mm-hmm. enslaved us. So let's start there. And... It's like, yeah, I want gender equality and racial equality, but I'm not fucking delusional to be like, we're supposed to be allies in equal pay, marriage, and adoption. We're not equal in any of those things. Like, I can tell you that right off bat. I don't even know anything about adoption, but I know that black babies are like 10 cents and you have to pay like $12,000 for a white baby. So what are you talking about? Like, oh, we're all women. This is such bullshit. That's why I was like, I can't. not interested seriously also i'm reading this quote it's like a new jersey woman wrote i'm starting to feel not very welcome in this endeavor it's like turns out like i feel like you feel the same way but like most of the times you go into a situation and you're not welcome if you're not white exactly you're welcome literally everywhere else becky so suck it up what it's like everything doesn't cater exactly to you. And then it's just putting a post that's saying like white women should listen to women of color. At one point, like it says like one of the white organizers stepped down because she saw like only other, only white women on the board and that made other white women feel uncomfortable. And this is literal bare minimum stuff. Like nothing is feminism or feminist if it isn't diverse and doesn't have the voices of the most marginalized, which are right. women of color. So if you can't even do that, I don't know, go read and explain things to me and like, watch a Emma Watson speech because you're clearly up for the challenge like if you're not even capable of doing like the basic thing of like reading more women of color listening to women of color as you go to this dumbass march we're fucked Seriously. this is the same thing as like when uh, the election happened around Thanksgiving and all these people were like how am I going to talk to my racist families yeah. at the dinner table and it's Seriously. like if you can't even do that I was hearing all this stuff from my phone and I was like um that sounds really easy like I wish that 
all I had to do was talk to people and not experience little racist violence. Like, you'll be fine. Right. Tanner. <laughs> I was like, my go-to white name is Archibald, but it's just, you know, not of the century. Tanner is? I need a... <laughs> I need a... Tanner is so hilarious because I know at least five white guys named Tanner. I'm like, why would your parents name this Right. It's like, we really wish you were Tanner, so, like, we're just going to name you Tanner and, like, hope that, like, you don't come out, like, as a sun repellent. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the end of episode 36 or 7, not sure. Yeah. Uh, Sadgirlsclubpog.com for episodes reading list. And we'll be back when we're back. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. President is black, black. my Lambo.